exclamation point on a near perfect season. Mark Truex Jr. is the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series champion. He'll never be introduced the same way again. From now on, it'll be Willpower Indianapolis 500 winner for 2018. Checker flag. Power and Pesky win it. Kyle Busch. And here comes Larson. Larson to the bottom of the track. Side job. Trying to take the lead away. Side job. Almost. The momentum. The contact. 18. They make contact. The 18 into the wall. NASCAR, IndyCar, and all things motorsports. It's time for the left turn here on X106.7. Now, here's your hosts, Jacob Blair and Trevor Mayer. To the left turn, Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater with you. Before we get started, we'd like to remind everyone that the views and opinions of the hosts of the left turn are those of the hosts and do not reflect the views and opinions of Northwest Missouri State University or KZLX. Trevor, it was a good weekend. Uh, I guess I probably should update our intro at some point. Yeah, because it's pretty bad when I can re- recite it word for word. Uh, maybe that's a sign that you should change it. I'm pretty sure we also have a new champion as as well. That too. I, mean, I think Martin Truex Jr. is no longer the defending champion, but nonetheless, it is now yeah. Joey Logano. Give you some, some winter work to do over Christmas breaks. I'm sure that's exactly what you need to do, right? Yeah, as this will be our final left turn of the semester we'll be back next semester not sure exactly when our, our time will be as we got to figure out when our classes are and but we'll be back next semester yeah we didn't get canceled at least that i know of um we haven't got canceled so yeah we'll be back that's a good start to the year definitely yeah not getting canceled is always nice so here unfortunately we, we really now run into the off season it is is all the it was the final weekend we had a, a podcast special this last week as we were, were snowed out last Monday. Stupid mother nature. Yeah, winter storm, Bruce, uh, uh, caused some havoc on the Midwest. Uh, but we, we had a, a left turn award show and talked about some of the, the, the short track races that occurred over the weekend. But now we're, we're fully in the off, into the off season, And a couple offseason moves happened this last week. One being uh, a Justin Haley, driver of the... Uh, GMS truck in the truck series is going to move up to the Xfinity series and a kind of a surprising move. He's going to go with college racing and replace Ryan Truex in the 11 car. Yeah, we talk, we've talked about the last couple of weeks about how we think Justin Haley's ready for the Xfinity series, but we didn't know where he would gonna, was going to go. I thought maybe GMS with their ride that Spencer Gallagher left open. Well, John Hunter Nemechek has fulfilled that position. So we thought, okay, Haley's gonna gonna spend another year in the truck series and then wait and then we get hit with this news on I think it was Friday or Saturday that Haley was gonna take over in that eleven car and I I'm not as big of a fan of the move as you are um, I I know you maybe want to elaborate on that just a little I think from what we think is left available in the Xfinity series if he wanted to move up it's his best option. Uh, I know that he probably would be in a more com- well. He would be in a more competitive truck had he stayed in the truck series. But he's been there for a while. It, it might be time for him to move up, and we don't know. Maybe he's he's going to go for a year. The only thing is, I saw it is a multiple year deal at College Racing, so we're going to have to see how that works. But if Justin Haley, at some point, you've got to move up, and if this was the best opportunity he saw, and then. He knows and is a little bit more inside and knows what's going on than we do. We just kind of have to read what's going on and pay attention, but we're not actually you know, talking with these teams about rides. 
he may know something we don't and, and went, you know what, I, I need to be here. I need to move up and, and try to work myself up the ranks. Yeah, and my thing with it is is I think next year, had he stayed in that 24 truck, I think he would be one of the favorites to win the title. Um, and we saw how strong he finished the year up until Homestead. And I just I haven't seen anything from that 11 car. that They've made the playoffs the last couple of years with Blake Cook and Ryan Truex. I haven't seen anything from it that says – that's a championship contending car. Maybe that's the drivers. Maybe putting Justin Haley in there will change that. I think we'll see it be more competitive because you know Blake Cook is a, is a good good driver. But I think they went to Ryan Truex trying to improve that program. We saw what Brett Moffitt did in the same equipment Ryan Truex was in. I'm wondering if not not to talk bad about Ryan Truex, but just if not if he's not the caliber of driver that these teams are looking for. He's not as good as his brother. And they, they went with Justin Haley because they feel like they, that he can get this team where they need to be. They, they've moved drivers around in that 11 car, and I think they're just trying to find someone that can take it from a 12th to 15th place car to a, a weekly top 10 car. Yeah, and I, but I think on the flip side, I think Justin Haley, I mean, he's 19 years old. It's not like he's 26 or 27. It's not like he's not going to get other opportunities. I think we've seen in the past where guys aren't patient enough and they take the, the first ride that pops up to them. You think of a guy like Matt Tift or, or uh, Greg Galding, for example, that maybe they they were too quick to jump in the first available ride to move up instead of waiting for maybe a better ride. I think if Justin Haley stayed in the truck series, did what we think he's going to do next year, I think there's a very good chance that be it a, a Chip Ganassi racing or someone in 2020 would pick him up and he would be in a championship contending Xfinity car in 2020. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't fault the guy for, for wanting to move up. And again, I, I think this probably wasn't his first option. He, I think he probably got passed over for a couple other rides. If this is where he ends up, he was looking to move up to the Xfinity series before then and just didn't find anything. And if Justin Haley felt like it was time to move up, which he's been running trucks for a while. He started when he was really young and he feels like it's time to move up. Maybe he needs to go there. The 11 car, it's not a bad car. But no, let's it's not. You, know, you don't want to say it's not like he's going to the, the same car Ross Chastain is coming from. That would have been a, not, a, not a great move. This is a, a decent car that this team continues to work, and I think that 11 car with Justin Haley, it'll be more competitive. And then there's always the opportunity to do what maybe Matt, like we've seen Matt Benedetto do, is Benedetto goes to the Cup Series, takes a, a car that, really might be one of the worst cars in the garage area and runs 30th in a 39 car field or runs 26th or runs 6th at Bristol, opens up some eyes and then moves up and gets a better ride. Haley might not have that opportunity to do more with that 11 car than the other drivers in it and prove his worth. Yeah, and he's like I said, he's 19 years old, so it's not like it's something that he has to do right away. Um, but I... I didn't really expect the move. I don't know that... It really was kind of one of the more shocking moves we've had in this silly season. It's been a wild, silly season, but everything's kind of been, well, we knew this guy was going somewhere. We kind of expected him to go here. This one just kind of came out of left field, and it was really shocking to see. We were wondering if GMS was going to go two Xfinity cars, what they were going to do, and I also think this might mean that GMS is just going to stick with the one Xfinity car. Yeah, um, and that raises a question, too. What does GMS do with that that truck now, the 24 truck? So you've got Sheldon Creed, who's already been confirmed full-time for 2019. You've got Johnny Sauter. 
and they've had that 25 truck that they started the year with Dalton Sargent. Then they, I think Spencer Gallagher ran some races in there. Timothy Peters ran some races. I believe did Tyler Dipple run some and did uh, Ankrum run some races for them too, maybe, I think. Um, you see a guy like Zane Smith move up into full-time that, truck series. That would be what I would that, think would happen. That's one name I, I think that will we'll get thrown in there. Yeah, if you're GMS, I see them this year probably going – you know, and keeping the four trucks because they're a dominant truck team. And if you're not going to go, if they went to Xfinity Series cars, I see them. I could see them dropping down to three truck teams. But if they're going to stick with just the one Xfinity car, they'll stick with the four truck teams. You go Johnny Sauter. You have Sheldon Creed. Maybe you bring in a, you know, we, we talked maybe Zane Smith. Maybe you bring in a Timothy Peters and put him full time in a truck if you can and find a way to do that. So you have two veterans and then you have. Sheldon Creed, and then you have a, a fourth truck, kind of like what we've seen with KBM. They have one truck, or a couple trucks for the championship, but then they have that one truck that's used for all their development drivers to get them ready for the truck series. You kind of have that work. The way it ended up working at the end of this year, it wasn't supposed to be that way. Dalton Sargent was supposed to be in the car all year long. He didn't put together the finishes he needed to put together, and then they started rotating drivers through. Maybe you leave one truck like that. Maybe it's that 24 truck. You make that, and and we'll just see how everything ends up. But it is an interesting dynamic now at GMS. I don't know that Timothy Peters is a full-time guy there. Um, I, I, I just don't know. Um, I don't He'd know be a stable, consistent driver to put in there. Another Johnny Sauter-type driver to just have two cars that have, you know, a veterans you know are going to be consistent at the racetrack and then have two for the young drivers that you are testing out and seeing what, what they can actually do on the racetrack. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to, to keep an eye on going forward what exactly they end up deciding to do, but did not think that would be on our, our docket today. And then the only other off-season move uh, as of right now that we have seen this last week is Kurt Busch confirmed he will be out at Stuart Haas Racing. That is the only part of that information that was sent out is that he the, the only information is he's out. So we know he will not be returning to the 41, and we now have to wonder where he's going to go and then who's going to slip into that 41 ride. Yeah, I think all signs point towards Kurt Busch going to Chip Ganassi Racing. Um, I think that's probably where we're headed and then i think it most likely daniel suarez is going to assume that 41 car i think the only other driver that maybe gets some consideration is is christopher bell moving up or perhaps cole custer but i don't know that that happens um i i think it's pretty much been said that custer is going to be full-time in the xfinity again next year so i still put a little bit of that piece together but but not a lot of it yeah it it really, I think that was another move that everyone, you could kind of guess was going to happen. But just the, the concern you have now is normally when you say, well, he's going to be out at SHR, well, then you know where he's going to go. Well, this is kind of an announcement that's being made where it's a little bit concerning for Kurt Busch. Is he put together a season as a driver, and in terms of him driving a race car, he deserves to be in the Cup Series next year. I, if I was Stuart Haas, I would I would really have looked at signing him to another one-year deal, leave him in the 41 car so you have him in there and then get ready to move Cole Custer up into the 41. And then the one car at Chip Ganassi, maybe that's where Daniel Suarez goes. It, or a guy like maybe A.J. Allmendinger that nobody's talking about or this Or A.J. Allmendinger. Or, and we've talked about this too, but if you're, you're Chip Ganassi, you know it might be a little bit early, but you go ahead and try to go steal Christopher Bell away from Toyota. 
yeah that, that is that is what i would do if i was there at chip ganassi racing but there's a reason i'm here on the radio and not over there right now but but that's just the way i see it, is go get some young talented driver and we know christopher bell is going to exceed in the cup series when he gets there he'll have to do the same thing he'll have to take a couple years to get used to it but Christopher Bell is going to be a good driver. You go steal him and then put Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell on the same team. I think the real question for that is how much equipment do you want to fix in those first couple of years with Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson? I mean, you're going to win some races, but you're going to tear some stuff up as well. I think that's I, – I, I don't think that would be a bad move at all. I don't think that's a move Chip Ganassi's going to make because I, I think – I don't think it is either, but it's just – if, if that, looking at the driver lineup and where everything sits right now – Go steal Christopher Bell away if at all possible. Because you look at, at kind of the way Chip Ganassi Racing has been since it was formed in 09. They've never been able to keep two cars strong. Um, you think Martin Truex Jr., when they started, it was Truex and Montoya. Montoya made the chase. He was consistent. Truex struggled. Then Jay McMurray had a couple of good years. He was consistent. Montoya struggled, gets replaced by Larson. Larson finds some consistency, and Jay McMurray has struggled. So they, they haven't been able to to show that they can have two competitive cars, much like Richard Childress hasn't in the last five or six years. You know, one question I have with that, though, too, is just the drivers you have in yeah. those cars. Is When you look at the drivers, is they struggle, but then they were never picked up anywhere else. I don't know if it's necessarily a car issue more than a driver issue. So I think if you get two young drivers, and, and you know, Kyle Larson by now is a young veteran, is what you could call him. If you get... Christopher Bell there, you have two young drivers you're going to have there for a long time. And who's not to say that Kyle Larson's going to leave and try to go to one of the, the top like teams Stuart at Haas some point. Or... And that's another thing you got to look at is, is Kyle Larson about ready to want to leave? Because we know Chip Ganassi, he's got a strong team, but it's not a Penske, it's not a Gibbs, it's not a Stuart Haas. Does he want to try to go to one of those teams in the future? If that's the case, then you really want to maybe try to steal Christopher Bell away. Well, and you go back to, to when Tony Stewart retired, he wanted Kyle Larson. That was the guy that he wanted. Um, unfortunately, Larson was still under contract with Chip Ganassi, and they couldn't work it out, so we ended up settling for Clint Boyer. I don't have a, a list of the 2019 or the free agents after the 2019 season in front of me. Um, NASCAR does a pretty good job of keeping some of that stuff pretty well concealed as far as um, who's under contract and who is not. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I have no idea. Um, I know, like, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin signed through 2020. Maybe that's when Christopher Bell ends up finally getting the call. Um, I, I don't know. And that's just where do you, you try to, if you're Chip Ganassi, do you go, well, we can get him a two-year deal. We want him here for two years. Then you can have him back. You maybe take him on loan just to help improve your race program. Just, th- this well, is the and, point of silly season. we saw season. that with Eric Jones. Um, we've seen that before, so it's not a bad idea. There, there's a lot of different ways everyone can go with this. There's a lot of different things people can do. It, it's just we're at that point of silly season where you're waiting on the final couple of pieces to fall into place, but those are kind of the most intriguing arguments to have is where all these of these guys are going to end up because you know Christopher Bell he's he's locked into that that twenty car for next year that's where he's supposed to be, but if a, if a cup ride comes calling and Christopher Bell said he wants to go to the Cup Series, then you've got to have that argument. Yeah, it's it's a very the silly season is definitely. Silly, to um, um, say the least. Uh, you, you just you don't know. You have you have no idea. You you don't know. 
it's it's going to be a, a interesting you know holiday break here as we figure out where all these guys are going to end up i would imagine in the next couple of weeks we will figure out who's in that one car who's in that 41 car especially now that we know kurt bush is not going to be back at stewart haas racing all those pieces will fall into place i think we'll start hearing some more of the uh truck series rides where those are going to end up as we get closer to january so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here on the left turn when we get back we'll shift to short track racing and we'll talk about the third annual gateway dirt nationals welcome back to the left turn jacob blair trevor mater with you is we wrap up our semester here on the left turn. We'll be back next semester, but this is the final episode. We're for not getting a while. canceled, don't worry. Yeah, we'll be back. Just uh, can't get rid of us that easy. Yeah, you know, just have to uh, vacate the campus during the course of break. Yeah, they don't really give us a choice, do they? Not, not really. I mean, I guess we could come in here, but we'll both be in uh, opposite locations. Yeah, I'll be north. You'll be south. Not. I, mean, I guess Maryville would kind of be in the middle, though. So it would, but that's a uh, long drive yeah, to the left for turn. For you, not for me. I guess not. You make that every day. Yeah, so you can do it. Well, now we'll, we'll take a uh, we'll talk some dirt racing, and uh, yes, it snowed and, and blizzarded last weekend, and it was cold, and we were racing on dirt, but we were doing it indoors with the third annual Gateway Dirt Nationals. It's at the dome inside the America Center in St. Louis for the second year. I was able to make the trip to go watch this, and regardless of the the track and all that stuff this event itself is one of the coolest events to just be a part of and be there and witness yeah just a a, a really really cool event i i got Unique. the chance yeah i got the chance to to kind of follow it um i had some prayer obligations this weekend that took up the majority of my weekend but it looked like it was just a really neat atmosphere uh, how full was the dome uh, we had people that uh, had to go sit up in the uh, upper deck a, l- a little spilled over to the upper deck the the, l- the lower bowl was not full but i think that's because there was some tickets that were bought i think it ended up getting sold out but there was just like anything some of the people that bought tickets didn't show up and i've those never understood that logic because when i buy tickets to something i don't like i'm going or someone's getting those tickets so i've never understood that logic but yeah. whatever yeah generally when you uh spend the money you, you go do that but maybe it's just because i'm cheap but uh, the Thursday night started with qualifying, heat races for the Modifieds, and then the Race of Champions for the late models. That was won by Rush D. Schlank in the uh, CJ1 car. He won that that on Thursday night. And then the, the Modified heat races really put in some exciting racing. And I think we saw the, the one disappointment in the weekend start Thursday night is the the dirt that they brought into the facility it had, they, they said there in, in the dome during their broadcasts and everything that when they picked it up, it had snow on top of it, and that was concerning for a lot of people from the get-go that it was going to be it was going to hold a lot of moisture, and it it ended up rutting all three days, made for a really difficult racetrack for the drivers to handle. But regardless, they put on a great show. Well, and the thing with when when you get kind of a, a ruddy track that's maybe more hammered down, is then it's really just a battle of motor. Um, not not here. Yeah. More on a less than a fifth mile oval motor means yeah. very little. It's more about uh, how you can get up off the corner uh, and get around the corners and work through, and especially this weekend, work through the ruts. Uh, but but a great show. Friday night they ran prelims each night, two for each class, and then th- that locked in the top eight for both. And they brought 
the the first two years it was just modifieds and late models it was open entry this year they brought the midgets in the the same cars that run at the chili bowl we'll talk about the chili bowl when we come back from break but they brought those in so it became invite only so you had to receive an invite for the modifieds and the midgets the late models were still open entry so there ended up being i believe 201 cars total that were there this weekend but friday night was the first night everyone was saw the, the midgets on track and they put on a, a really great show it was a great add to this program yeah i i i think anytime you get midgets on a track like a fifth mile that's not a bad addition because you don't want them on big tracks because they get too much speed but a track like that i i think it fits perfectly and it sounds like there was quite a bit of excitement in the midgets yeah ricky stenhouse jr made sure to, to take care of that he had a, a real violent flip on friday night and one of the two prelim features came back Saturday, missed the show. But uh, a lot of the Keith Coons midget drivers, Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, they were they were there and challenging all weekend long. We get to Saturday. The, the pre-race festivities are, are really what make this show special. You can, you can watch it on Dirt on Dirt's pay-per-view, but the actually being there, and, and they talked about this as well, it's just something different. The, the opening ceremonies, and then you get to driver introductions, which is just great because you've got Rico Abreu coming out on top of Scott Bloomquist's shoulders. That was the highlight of the entire thing. And what was Not cra- even close. What was crazy about being in the arena for that is, is Scott Bloomquist isn't necessarily the most popular super late model driver out there, He's and he, like, was getting, he was getting quite a lot of booze during the course of his introduction, and then he rolls out of the, the tunnel with the fog and the, all the lights going around the arena, and you can just see Rico on his shoulders, and everyone just starts laughing, and the, the entire arena shifts, and he won driver introductions until for the second year in a row, Jason Welshan, just a local driver, doesn't run the big series too much, comes out. Last year he came out with a Scott Who sign. And they, they've been talking about that for a year. He comes out this year with a no provisional needed sign. And, Savage. And that one. That one was great, and the, the crowd reaction to that was brilliant. But then we, then we had to actually get to some racing. And uh, Bobby Pierce pretty much dominated this one and, and won for the second year in a row the late model portion of racing inside the Dome. Yeah, Bobby Pierce, uh, that was actually, I think we both picked him to win last week. Um, he's just got that track figured out, which really says something because it seems like it's a really difficult track to to figure out. But he shows up and uh, basically kicked butt and took names. Uh, other than that, Shannon Babb, as, as always, the first two years has put on a show. Put on another show this weekend. Uh, just t- likes to take too much off of his spoiler to, to compete a lot of the times, but he was there in the midgets. It was Christopher Bell that ended up winning on Saturday. Also won a prelim feature on Friday, but he had to take in a, a lot of different challengers. It, it started uh, him and Tyler Courtney, who also won the Friday night feature. They were battling there to start. Courtney ended up chasing him down, but but caught the cushion and ended up in the in the fence upside down. And then later, Kyle Larson was there to challenge. He ended up in a, in a tire on the bottom, but it, it was a tough. You really didn't see a lot of sliders being thrown from these guys, and that's kind of the the racing you get a lot of times is they'll just start throwing slider after slider on them. But with the way the track was, I was a little bit rutted. They couldn't do that. So regardless, there were still two two grooves, and the midgets feature wise put on a really good race for uh, Saturday night. Yeah, the midgets normally do put on a a really great show. I don't know that I've ever watched a, a midget race that isn't entertaining. And the first two races is although they, they were won from the front row, the the two cars that won really were the best cars. And then the modified rollout, 
and you're wondering if the guys on the front row are going to do the same thing. And then Mike Harrison, starting from the 12th position, starts ripping the top side and is able to drive all the way from 12th on a rough racetrack to go pick up the win, fighting there with Mike McKinney a little bit. But Mike Harrison, who's been close the first two years, wanted this one. He ends up picking up the modified victory. And neither one of us picked him. No, we did not. But one thing I want to talk about is there was, you know, just with any event, there was some complaining about this one. Which, which one I want to say something about is why are you complaining we're racing indoors in December? Uh, we should not be complaining. No one should be complaining. But if you are, one, don't go if, if that's going to be the way you work. But I've two, hung out a lot around race car drivers long enough to know that they complain even when they get what they well, wanted. And, and here's kind of where, where I'm at with this is I was there the, the second year. I watched the first year on the pay-per-view. was there the second year. Go and watch the third year is last year it was dry slick it was a lot smoother but the dust was really bad and inside that's not the greatest plan so this year i think they also they came they wanted to keep the dust down so they do that so you get one group that complains about the dust last year this year you get a group that complains about the track being rutted what i want to say is there's a lot of people that that think that that both trevor and i work at racetracks we're behind the scenes we understand both sides of this we talk with drivers we also talk with the the promoters of the racetrack we're on both sides no no racetrack owner sitting there you're going you know what i want to make this track really rutted and really hard for these guys on equipment i want to do that or i want to you know make the show run long tonight they're not trying to do that it happens it's what every racetrack deals with, so stop complaining about it. None of the drivers were this weekend. It was only the fans that were – some of the fans that were causing a, a fit. And the, just like a lot of things, there were a lot of people that love this event. The majority love this event. But, of course, it's the, the ones that, you know, with anything, you hear about the bad more than you hear about the good. So to all the people – running their mouths just stop complaining and enjoy the fact we're racing inside a dome in december are they our baby of the week they, they've got it okay yep that's got my vote hands down considering i don't think we were planning on having a baby of the week all of you babies complaining about track prep you're the babies of the week congratulations yeah, and, and like i up. like i said trevor and i we're, we're on both sides and I, I i race as well and you know there's nights where i don't like the racetrack but i know it rained a bunch the week before. There's nothing they can do about it. They tried the best to get us a racetrack to race on, and, and we're appreciative of that. It, it, stuff's going to go wrong. This is not a, an exact science. When someone figures out how to prep a track perfectly every single week... They're going to be a bajillionaire. And, and that's why we, ha- we don't have any bajillionaires in dirt track racing tr- prepping racetracks because they're going to get it wrong sometimes and when they do you just got to deal with it all the drivers did this weekend and i also want to say if anyone out there that is down on this event wants to go try to run it better please do because you won't yeah you'll epically fail and it'll be funny and we'll laugh at you so we're whining we sit here but i i could have never have come up with this event i would never have been able to make it work Maybe some of us could sit in the same room as these guys and maybe add a couple things here or there that they might think about and might lead to some improvements, but we couldn't do this. So, so stop trying and thinking that you are if you, you're going to get on social media and dog racing. It just does not help the sport, and I'm kind of getting tired of it. Welcome to the club, man. Welcome to the club. So that was the third annual Gateway Dirt Nationals. The Next year's date has not been announced, but they have announced they're going to 
that's going to be out soon and at some point. So the good news is I think it's coming back. It would be a, a travesty if it did not. But again, Bobby Pierce won in the super late models. Christopher Bell took the inaugural race in the midgets, and then Mike Harrison picked up the modified win. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll go to the other big short track race of the weekend, the 51st Annual Snowball Derby. To the left turn, Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater with you as we just got done talking about the Gateway Dirt Nationals. And now we'll go back to the pavement and talk about the 51st Annual Snowball Derby. A lot of young NASCAR drivers here in this one. And an interesting weekend. It's a it's a big, it's a week-long event. I mean, they get there Wednesday. They practice Thursday, qualifying Friday. Harrison Burton ends up getting the pull on Friday. But then the race starts and then... Harrison Burton starts to run away with it, but in the end, Noah Gragson plays the strategy right, and Gragson ends up winning the 51st Annual Snowball Derby. Yeah, he took the lead kind of late in the race, was able to hold off a hard-charging time of Jeffsky to pick up the win. Um, Jeff Jaquette ends up finishing in third, and Harrison Burton actually ends up fading all the way back to 10th. And what ended up happening there is this race, it always ends up being a, a like a cup race almost was strategy is there was a, a caution with about i think about 90 80 laps to go and harrison burton everyone's got a it's a it's a three it's a three set of tires rule race so you only have three sets in the pits harrison burton comes down with about 80 to go takes his last set of tires and just kind of like what we saw at you know homestead with kyle bush and adam stevens making a great call until it wasn't harrison burton made a fantastic call drives up through the field takes the lead He's cruising on his way to a snowball derby win, and then just like most races, a caution comes out. He doesn't have any more tires. Five flags is brutal on tires. The, the pace will slow down seconds there from, from new to old tires. Everyone comes and gets tires, and he ends up you know, struggling on a restart, fading quickly. Once a couple laps got in, he could kind of maintain, but then it became a battle between Ty Majeski, Harrison Burt, or Noah Gragson, and Gragson did just enough to stay ahead of Ty Majeski. Majeski had the fastest car pretty much as soon as the sun went down. It was Majeski's race to lose, and he's had some trouble on pit road there at the Snowball Derby. It's live pit stops, which is not very common with late model racing. There's only a few races they do live pit stops, loses a couple positions, has to restart sixth. Harrison Burton spins his tires on that first restart. Bubba Pollard's right there. Him and Majeski make contact. Pollard ends up in the wall. Then Majeski, he ends up restarting in the fifth position, and that really, in the end, is what gave Noah Gregson the win. Yeah, and you look at the last handful of winners in the Snowball Derby. Gregson, his boss Kyle Bush last year, uh, Christian Eckes, who has ran some stuff for them, Chase Elliott, John Hernemichek, Eric Jones. Um, we've kind of seen that the young guys in NASCAR have came into this race, and they've been able to put on a show, much like Ty Majeski, Harrison Burton, um, it's kind of a, a good proving ground for them, so to speak. And to, to try to illustrate what this race means to some of these drivers is we know Noah Gragson can get really emotional, can get excited, and has shown that when he's won a couple of his truck races. But I've never seen him more excited to win this race. This is a huge race to win for a lot of these guys. That's why we see Kyle Busch. We saw him last year win this race, and he was extremely excited to do so. It's a big deal to win this race. 
And so big congratulations to Gregson in, in his final race with KBM, albeit his late model, but uh, he'll head off to Junior Motorsports next season. Yeah, I think that's a good way to go out, don't you think? It's a, it's a great way to go out. He's won the Snowball Derby, won the Winchester 400 uh, last year. So goes out on top. Some other good runs, as we saw Connor Akrezik, he had a good run in, in the 14 car. And uh, a couple other guys that it, really qualifying is where a lot of the surprises came because you had guys like Augie Grill, David Rogers, I mean, uh, Stephen Wallace, a, a lot of big name drivers in the last chance qualifier, which ended up being a just complete wreck fest to try to make the show, which really makes sense. I mean, you're trying to make the biggest race of the year. You've got 30 laps to get in. You're not going to give an inch. And a lot of guys ended up with, with hurt race cars. I think only, I think, I think it was 15 cars started the LCQ, six cars finished. They took four into the big race. Uh, so it was a, an interesting one. The other really interesting thing is I don't think I've ever seen this, and they, you know, watching the, the Speed 51 broadcast is Stephen Nassi, who is known for having a temper, lost a tire going into a corner after having a loose wheel already, and then proceeded to go after his pit crew. Started trying to fight his pit crew, and uh, that was one of the more interesting things I think I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of racing. I don't know that I've ever seen a guy go after his pit crew. I've seen guys go after other people's pit crews and other people's crew chiefs, but that's a first. That is definitely a first. And then, as always with the Snowball Derby, is you win the race, but you really haven't won the race yet. You have to get through the Room of Doom. You've got to get through Tech. This race is a... You know, storied history of guys losing the race on technical inspection. The week up to this point, the Pure Stock race on Wednesday, four of the top five were disqualified. They got another guy on, on Tuesday in some of the lower divisions, but everyone was able to get through tech. No big news there. So, And all the winners will always tell you they're extre- extremely excited to win this race. And probably really nervous. But really nervous to roll through tech because it's the kind of tech where – you know, you know your car, you know, you know, hey, we're not trying to cheat, but this is one of the, those incidents where if someone forgot something or did this, they're going to find it, and if you're outside the rules in any way, they're going to strip this win from you. NASCAR should take note. I mean, the, the pure stock race on Wednesday, we were kind of talking about this. Is Yes, it's a pure stock race, but you take and, and you disqualify four of the top five. So what ended up happening is the guy that finished third on the racetrack won the race. The guy that finished sixth on the racetrack finished second and then it that all moved up from there is nascar cannot be afraid to do something like this and just disqualify these guys we've gotten into this argument before we probably shouldn't get into it again but it's it's a heated one for sure yeah like i said nascar i'll just leave it at nascar should take notes and with this event as well as saturday you also have the snowflake 100 for the pro late models it's equally as a big of a race for them a lot of guys try to run double duty Saturday was a complete washout. The track actually flooded where cars were, where race cars were almost underwater and it was a mess. So next weekend, the Snowflake 100, the Pro Truck Race, and the Modified Race as well from this weekend as they run a lot of different divisions. It's a lot of these different divisions, biggest race of the year. They're going to move that race to next Saturday because the Derby is the biggest one. They wanted to make sure they, they had time. To, it wasn't. It was no longer a process of just drying the racetrack. They had to dry the infield. They had to pump water out of places, and there was a great effort to make sure to get the snowball derby in yesterday. Yeah, that's all I really got to it. I think I'm a little bit more intrigued with the short track world in terms of asphalt late model racing. Is 
I got a lot of people that that I know that were down there. Uh, it's in also Pensacola. 2:45 on a Monday in December. I'm kind of tired. It is cold outside, and it's cold. So we'll go ahead and take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll have a little bit of fun. We're gonna play around with with some some interesting questions when we get back to the left turn here on X106. Welcome back to the left turn as Trevor has decided to start making car noises. Trevor Mater, Jacob Blair with you for our final episode of the semester of the left turn. Left turn, just 12 12 minutes remaining. We will be back next semester. I'm crying on the inside. I know. It's a good good day when you get to talk racing. But for the last 12 minutes here, we're going to have a little bit of fun here on the left turn. We're going to ask the simple question. If you were a promoter and funds and money were not an option, what race would you put together? You go first. So this one, as we said, money's not an option. So to start off, it would be a million dollars to win. It would be a... uh, I think I'd go super late models because I'm a, I'm a late model fan. And beyond dirt, we go super late models, but we'd start it on Sunday. The big show would be on Saturday, and the way it would work is you qualify on Sunday. Sunday is just a pure qualifying day, and all Sunday is is someone's going to go for top time, and it means nothing to the rest of the week except for the fact that the guy with the fastest time not already locked into the show Saturday will get a provisional. That's all Sunday's worth. So you don't even have to show up Sunday if you don't want to, but you have the option to try to, to put down a fast time to, to try to grab one of those provisionals. But the rest of the way the week would work, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, full show. And each each day has nothing to do with the previous day. You you draw like it would be a, a draw. You draw for your heat races. You would run B mains. You would run your features, and you accumulate points throughout all of those races throughout all five days. And then you'd get to Saturday, where the top sixteen of all those points would lock in to the million dollar to win race. We'd probably go like two hundred laps or something and have a pit stop at lap 100 where these guys can change tires, which doesn't happen in super late model racing. They don't really do that, so that would be an added effect to that. You go like, and then you you run a set of B mains, and you would run, let's go with with four B mains, the top four out of each go in, you have 32 spots, and then the way uh, the two provisionals would work for the 34 starters to this race would be the fastest time from that qualifying day not locked in gets in and then the most points accumulated throughout the first five days not locked in get in you start 34 cars and then all race for a million dollars that's actually a lot better than my idea that i came up with on the fly well, well what is your idea so my idea is going back to my my days of playing old nascar thunder 04 on playstation is just like Regular Cup Series, you know, you do a series of 30, 35 races, pay them whatever, I don't care, and you just designate one guy whose job is to drive around the track backwards. See how crazy things get. You have to miss the guy driving backwards. You know, if it wasn't a safety concern, that would be great. I thought we didn't have to worry about it. Oh, it was money we didn't have to worry about. Yeah. Oh. Not safety. I mean, oh. we can't be. Well, so you build a really durable race car <laughs> but but in all honesty I mean, really if safety didn't matter like if no one was going to get hurt doing that like that would be the perfect series for ricky stenhouse jr of course you got to go that would, be, it would that would be absolutely perfect would he be the one designated to go backwards oh absolutely 
Well, but he could do that going forward. And so, it would be, so, and it would so consist, say, and it would consist of washed up NASCAR drivers too. Okay, so it wouldn't be like, like it would be like the Johnny Bensons and the uh, trying to think some of the Casey Atwoods of the world. And at the end of the year, it'd be a million dollars to win the championship. So, geez, so in it. this this formatted race, is, is each week someone different? The designated guy to you go just, backwards. You draw. Or? You flip a coin. You, you, yeah. yeah. And then like once you go backwards, once you're no longer in the drawing. Yeah. So you designate one guy that his job that week, and you take out their worst. So you you don't give them points for that week, and you give them say you run thirty races. Well, you take those other twenty nine races into effect. You throw that one out the window because obviously the guy's not going to get any points if he's driving around the track backwards, and he's not going to get any laps scored. Exactly. So you just throw that one out, and um, I think it'd be interesting, would it not? You, you were an interesting person when you were young I, playing video games, weren't you? That's what my mom and my teachers always told me. That, um, that, that actually would, you know, for entertainment purposes exactly. only, would it's be better, It's about entertainment. I, I, if you would have given me more time to think about it other than 10 minutes before we went on the air. I, I, okay, I mean, an hour let's and be honest, we, we prepped for this show. I mean, you had this. You prepped for this show. <laughs> um, if, you, if, you, if I would have actually thought about it, I probably would have came up with something kind of similar to you um i've also thought it'd be cool to do an open like an open wheel series on asphalt um like an indie like an indie car but just run asphalt run daytona run talladega run bristol so um, so all of trevor's ideas include non-safe very <laughs> uh we, we'd have to you know put disclaimers before yeah. the start of these races uh but would would regardless be very entertaining yeah that's the point I'm about entertainment okay then yeah so we're going to bring the, the show back to earth here now and then ask another question. Is, is the, the NASCAR schedule has been a point no, of debate. No, that's not the question I thought. You're... What, what, do you, what question no, do you want? No, just go ahead and let's just. The, the NASCAR schedule is You know what question it was. Topic of debate for a while now. And it's been pretty stagnant. We've seen some, some racetracks lose a race and some racetrack gain a second. We've seen some dates move. But it's been a while, other than the Roval this season, or a new track, a new venue has been added. It, it, what would you like to see done with the NASCAR schedule, hopefully in the next several years? So I'd like to see, when you look at the Cup Series, one, I'd like to maybe wean out a couple of these mile and a half. Um, they've got more entertaining in years past, but I mean, we've got like 30 of them on the schedule, it seems like. Um, maybe wean out some of those. I wish New Hampshire still had a second race. That was a track I really thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I would like to see a track like maybe I'm a little biased here, but Iowa get a a Cup Series race. It's built kind of like Richmond. Um, I know that's a track that Dale Jr. has always thought really highly of. Kyle Busch really likes it. Brad Keselowski really likes it. Kevin Harvick really likes it. I think that's a track that would be really entertaining, and I think it would really draw at least those first couple of years. I think Gateway would be a good fit on the the Cup Series schedule as well. Wouldn't mind seeing them add one more road course either. I know they added the Roval this year, but why not throw in like a Road Coda. America or Coda? Coda would be the perfect I, one, I think. I think sending the Cup Series to Coda would be the best plan, and maybe try to work it with the IndyCar race there. Yeah. And have a double weekend where maybe you run the IndyCar race well, Saturday, the, the Cup race And we've seen Sunday. them do that with like Truck Series stuff before. We've never seen it on the cup level but i think that'd be a good way to go yeah and and i think it was uh, dave moody with uh nascar radio that, that kind of alluded to what i'm gonna say here and that's add a lot more short track races mm-hmm. you look at all of these national dirt touring series events they're running 80 
races on their schedule, 50 races on their schedule, something like that. Add some more races and do it to where, you know, you, you still have your, your big half miles. You need that. You need the speed. That's what makes NASCAR. You can't have a, a NASCAR series where you don't go to a Kansas or you don't go to a Michigan. You need races like that for I the would speed be okay purposes. With that. But like you said, go to, go to Iowa. Go to, you know, maybe go back to the Milwaukee Mile. That place is still Gateway, usable. Gateway, um, Rockingham is possible to, to – it looks like that's going to be reopened. So you, you go back to Rockingham, Gateway. But then also when you're – Speed Weeks, during Daytona Speed Weeks, there's a, a lull in the action midweek, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, before you get to the duels on Thursday. Why don't you just take the, the short drive to New Smyrna Speedway and have a half-mile short track race on that Tuesday to open the season? And I know that's gonna that that's 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 a big statement because it's tradition for the Daytona 500 to be the first race, but why not do that? Or, okay, you want Daytona the Daytona 500 to be the first race? Why don't do on it, your way back on the, the Tuesday? Because you're going from Daytona to Atlanta. I mean, it's not know, like stop there at New Smyrna. Maybe go to Five Flags. If you're going from North Carolina, where you're, all your the teams are located, to Kansas Speedway, stop at the Fairgrounds Speedway in Nashville. Stop at Berlin up in Michigan. Hawkeye Downs and Cedar Rapids. Throw some dirt tracks in there as well. Go to Eldora with the truck series. And, and, and don't take away – I think the argument is you've got to take away races to add new venues. Don't take away any races. Just add more and, and make it where it's logistically possible. You're on your way. You leave Wednesday. You're on your way to somewhere across the country. Here's this beautiful short track. You're going to drive right by it. Why, don't it. why doesn't everybody stop there on a – Thursday race and then head to the big track for Sunday. Yeah, I think the TV I think the TV networks would love that. Get more NASCAR on TV. Um, I don't know that someone will ever realistically see in the Cup Series level, but I think if you're an Xfinity team... Not, I, no part of this segment since we came back on air no, it's been really real. real. Unfortunately, it's, been, it's, it's more if we were in charge of stuff. But I, I think I think on the Xfinity Series level, I think that's absolutely the way Especially they should go. Especially the trucks. You know, and the trucks and that's for the way sure. the trucks started. Is they, really, yeah. they only ran a couple of the big NASCAR tracks. Most of when the trucks started were on the short tracks. Yeah, you go back and you look at the Truck Series schedule um, in the late 90s, the majority of them, they didn't start running Daytona until 2000. Um, a lot of it was short tracks. You look, they they ran at Homestead, okay, Phoenix, Evergreen Speedway in Washington, Mesa Marin in California, Martinsville, Memphis, Pikes Peak, I-70 in Odessa. It's in Odessa, right? Yes, and that is actually Reopening, coming back in, yeah. in 2019, which is really exciting for the Kansas City area. I mean, they mixed it up. Milwaukee, um, Nashville, Nazareth. They did run Michigan. Um, but like New Hampshire, IRP, I thought one of the biggest mistakes that they made was when they took the Xfinity and the trucks away from IRP and, and put that, the Xfinity at the brick. And, and I've had the, the privilege to actually race there in a late model, and that is one of the, the coolest, and to me, one of the raciest tracks out there. It's it's progressive banking. The, the top side is where the fastest line is, but it's four or five grooves wide. You can run anywhere you want. If you've got a car, you can make speed, so it creates for some really good racing. And I, I agree with you. I think I, I think having the, the Xfinity Series at the Brickyard, I like them there. I think it adds to the weekend. But why pull that race away from LORP? Yeah, I, I'm on the contrary. I don't like the Brickyard. I don't find it entertaining in the stock car level. Um, I, I just like the fact that they're there. Okay. I, I think it's important for them well, to, to be but there. But then we should put the IndyCars in Daytona by that logic. But that's a safety concern. 
As we learned in this segment, Trevor's not too no, concerned about no, safety. No, that is that it was not get that press. They said that is not what it is. But I mean, by that logic, that would be. I, I get your argument too. By that logic, that would be what you would be suggesting. By logic, well. yes, it'd be it'd be great to see Indy cars at Daytona. It'd be great. But and in my I mean, series, they would be. But but I mean, we all know that if there, there's safety concerns at tracks like Las Vegas and, and other tracks like that, they're not going to go to Daytona. Yeah. So, I can dream, though. As we, we wrap up our semester here on the left turn, Trevor, any, any final thoughts from the, the 2018 season as a whole? Because when we come back, we'll start talking about 2019. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been fun. It's been a really interesting season. Um, we were provided with a lot to talk about. Thanks, Joey Logano, um, for really giving us a lot to talk about. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to come back here in about a month or so as my microphone goes away from me. You have and that problem. I, that, yeah. It happens a lot in, on Weekend Sports Kickoff yeah, as well. Yeah, I just, the microphone hates me, which is okay, I guess. But yeah, no, it's been fun. I'll be ready to come back in January and get into the 2019 season and all of my smoking hot takes. And when we get back, it'll be a Chili Bowl time. So we'll be talking a lot about, about midgets and getting ready to go for the 2019 NASCAR and IndyCar season. Thank you for being with us this semester on the left turn. We'll be back next semester. Still not for sure on time, but we will be back if you listen to The Left Turn on X106.